I feel like perhaps we've addressed this before. I think we have, but I'm going to riff on it again. We, I have no intention of doing any quote unquote Christian movies because mm. the ones I've seen are mostly garbage. I remember one specific night where we had some friends who were like, hey, let's watch a movie at the news center. What's this on the DVD shelf? Courageous. Oh man, I had a field day with that movie. There was just so many things. They're, they're so tropey. I couldn't stop myself from ripping it apart. Just They're also jerk. just not well-made films. No. I think You're, it just from a technical perspective. The focus yeah. goes too hard on writing a christian movie that they forget to write a good movie well like what was that movie about there was like three different things going on independent of each other and you weren't really sure what supposed to be vaguely inspiring yeah something about god the movie was shot or it was edited like a trailer for the movie so you probably got more out of the trailer for the movie than you did out of the actual movie yeah there's just a world of stuff wrong with that I think it's like, oh, come on. I like it. It's like, yeah, you were vaguely inspired. That's why you liked it. It it hit your emotional buttons. Which is about all it did. It had nothing of substance to offer. And and if you sit down to watch a movie to get emotionally buttons pushed, then that's (laughs) exactly the kind of movie you want to go watch. You're slightly less worse off than if you watched like a rom-com or something. Um, I mean. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of stereotypes in there too that I was just like, are they seriously like, okay, all right, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, it's a it's a good thing our friends were of good humor at us completely <laughs> eviscerating it and didn't get mad because I was uh, yeah, I was um, <laughs> you were you were popping off on it. Oh, I don't yeah. think I was there for that, but I have heard plenty about it in the interview. Mm-hmm. Time. I remember <laughs> being in the room while you tore apart a movie. Was that courageous? That was courageous. I yeah. remember seeing a line that is that was so uh, tropey, so yeah. you know, cut and paste that I just knew it was coming, and I said it exactly at the same yeah. time. It was like... <laughs> you know it's a good movie when you can predict the lines without ever having seen them. you can predict the tropey lines. He's like, oh. they're like a poor family, and he's like, I wish I was a rich man. And his wife goes up to him and says, you are a rich man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I-, I saw that coming a mile away. It's like, yeah, you mean emotionally rich, but that doesn't solve your financial problems no. that you are actually having. <laughs> nah. Uh, and plus, like, the whole deal with, like, his daughter dying or something is just so out of left field and has virtually no impact on the rest of the movie. It's like, what is even going on here? Anyway, this isn't – we're not talking about this anymore. No. I've had, that is enough. Oh, wait. What, uh, other films I don't really want to give a chance are the God's Not Dead movies. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, – What's a Christian way of, or a, a charitable way of saying this? Um, 
it's a fever dream for argumentative types among or fundamentalists i will say is my impression of it imagine the worst atheist possible is going after this innocent christian kid at school Mm. but yeah it's not a terrible movie it's not a great movie either yeah there's probably far worse there's also far there's also courageous Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and basically anything made by what are those guys what's that look up the um uh, these guys what was the guy who directed that i don't know I think it was. They, they it wasn't the Coen Brothers. That's Fargo. <laughs> they just feel like Hallmark movies, but they mention God a couple more times. Yeah, like, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, let's see. Low budget, mediocrely directed and acted. And the Kendricks, edited. the Kendrick brothers. Yeah, those they're awful. Anyway, they're probably nice enough people with good intentions, but. The road to cinematographic, uh, cinematographic hell <laughs> is paved with good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I mean, see. There are some like solid Christian films. Uh, you yeah. Got, you got uh, Mel Gibson's The Passion. Right. The Passion just, of the Christ is just a phenomenal film. Yes. It's a phenomenal film that really sells the emotional and psychological weight of what jesus goes through during the passion yeah. and stuff so it's like and it's just it's well acted jim caviezel mm-hmm. is a really jim good caviezel actor. yeah mm-hmm. so i mean there's exceptions to the the rule that most christian movies yeah. aren't that great uh apparently the chosen is also extremely good well put together hmm. it's a a new tv series i think Okay. What's the platform it's on? Is I it like? I think it's on Netflix. That's what it is. Is it? Oh, yeah. interesting. I'd be willing to give it a chance. Well, I've heard from a lot of people who I know care about having well put together media that it's really good. So okay. And Netflix plus, like the guy who plays Jesus is actually like Roman Catholic. I think he converted from Orthodox. Or something like, or he was like raised Orthodox or something. I forget what the story was, but he's Roman Catholic himself. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. How, how, how is Netflix is, ha, offers quite the spectrum of moral uh, things, yes. <laughs> one might say, of, of morality. It's like, how do they green light those two things oh wait they green light everything never mind <laughs> you know <laughs> welcome it, to netflix you're green lit how can we help you you're um, if we think you're gonna make any money whatsoever mm-hmm. if you can make a slight profit but then we'll take you then if you you do make a profit you're green lit for season two as long as you randomly insert a gay character mm-hmm. more or less um let's see what's something non-ranty to talk about something non-ranty well uh how has your week been at the seminary my week at the seminary has been largely the same as most weeks at the seminary okay 
I was going to say, like, are we sure this is something non-rancy to talk about? No. <laughs> it sounds like not this week. Not this week. I'm sure in, like, three or four weeks, I'll probably be getting to that point as <sighs> final papers start uh-huh. being a thing. But mm. presently, we're just chugging along. Um, most people have stuff to do on Wednesdays because it's sort of like the, the pastoral ministry day. Mm. Sure. Where no one has classes, everyone just goes and does their ministry assignments. But since we're all locked in here this year, everyone gets to do them virtually. Nice. Mm. How does that work? You do the same thing you would, except you do it on Zoom. Uh huh. Interesting. So, like, different years have different themes to their ministry. So, like, First theology is more centered on university ministry. Second theology mm. is on like hospital ministry. So, like one of my other, the other guys from my diocese is doing like he's calling some homebound people from his one of the parishes in our diocese. Uh, okay, okay, because that's sort of what he would be doing in person here if he had he were able to. So, mm-hmm. sure, the the brand new first philosophy guys such as myself we don't have we have our work cut out for us we don't have to go and figure out what our assignment is they kind of have a more structured program so sure we don't get to do any real ministry yet (laughs) i'm sure there'll be plenty of that though when the time comes Mm. (sighs) playing with gadgets is fun i got to do a lot of that this week am getting to um <clears throat> doing uh i thought 360 cameras were kind of gimmicky but then i rented one for work and i'm kind of addicted now it's really fun to mess around with um doing virtual tours for the school's system and uh yeah it's it's kind of fun um a little bit irritating because apparently the app to control the camera doesn't go on most android phones so i have to drag my work la- uh, my work ipad with me everywhere hmm. which is a little cumbersome at times but i've managed to make it work the thing that's kind of fun about the 360 camera is that it's a modular camera about the size of a gopro when it's put together so it's just kind of fun to like put together and mess with and stuff it's like oh yeah this scratches that oh, itch yeah. for me it's all coming together <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> so that's fun I, i've enjoyed that and then uh homecoming festivities have been a little hectic and interesting i might be taking pictures at a football game this friday we'll see they're having high school football yep middle school football or whatever school high school is. yeah okay yeah they have like junior varsity but that's like junior high sure so i don't think the middle school has junior varsity is definitely not junior high oh it's not no is that middle school no middle school's middle school math is math (laughs) (laughs) junior varsity is like 11th graders Mm. 11th grade the 11th graders who aren't good enough to be on varsity like me gotcha nice was Mm. an 11th grader but then you got to shove around all the other JV yeah. guys. I weighed 60 more pounds than everyone else on the field, so I flattened everyone. <laughs> mm. There was one play 
that I I pushed one guy from the right hash to the left sideline in one play. <laughs> it's like oh, you're moving, bud. <laughs> we we scored a touchdown on the run, so the guy ran for our running back ran for eighty yards. So I just kept pushing until the whistle blew. Because <laughs> that's what you do. It's like I'm not stopping until the whistle blows, man. Yeah. The uh, fall weather has been rather spectacular. Like it's been upper, like mid upper sixties, lower seventies, and just sunny and beautiful, and the trees are all colorful, and it's just like, man, I wish I didn't work in an office with no windows. But if I did, I might not get as much work done. So there's that. Yeah, it's a little cold first thing in the morning when I'm out there on the airstrip with UPS, but mm-hmm. um, on my walks to to class and back, it's really, really just pleasant. A lot less rainy than last year because there were multiple times last year I was walking to class in the fall and just got soaked either going or coming from class. So, yeah. I'm told it gets rainy here as opposed to snowy in the winter i believe it and it's just overcast all the time so i'm not really looking forward to that sounds like what southern people call winter yes well you, you don't have to shovel rain <laughs> that's <laughs> if you true do, you're in big trouble you're in big trouble <laughs> yeah if you're shoveling rain if it's chocolate rain maybe <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of chocolate rain. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> something that's even older than that is what we're talking about today. That came out in 2009, but we, the Palladium Papists, I'm James. I'm Nathan. I'm Riley. We're talking about the 1995 film Braveheart, starring Mel Gibson. See, I wasn't done with the lighthearted banter bit. But yeah, the best should, the best transition would have been if while we were talking about the passion because he directed the passion. Yeah, sh- should have Gibson, brought so. your your complaining about Christian movies like oh. later on, and then we yeah. would have had the smooth transition. But Chocolate Rain's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> as smooth as our transitions get. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's a somewhat it's solidly historical fiction, um, about real people, more or less. But highly fictionalized. There's a lot of historical inaccuracy about the film, but that doesn't really take away from, in my opinion, its quality as a film, if you forget about a lot of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, you have uh, William Wallace, who is a boy in Scotland in, like, I want to say the... Gosh, is it... I, I forget if it's, like, 1100 or like a thousand ye old medieval times in England back when England and Scotland were two separate nations but England sort of conquered Scotland and is trying to subjugate them and unite the whole English Isles and so you have the Scots naturally don't like the English so they're not too happy about being ruled by England Um, and when William Wallace is a boy. His dad and his older brothers are murdered by the treacherous English. And he goes off to be raised by his uncle, who's kind of a nobleman. So he gets raised, taught, you know, how to read and write and 
Latin and uh, how to fight with a sword and comes back to his home village and is like, okay, um, I'm ready to uh, build a life of my own and settle down here. But then uh, the local village leaders are like, you know, these English soldiers here are bad news. We don't like them. And he's just like, you know, I kind of want to stay out of trouble. I kind of want to like settle down and raise a family. So there's this girl he knows from the village, Mullen. They fall in love and get married. And uh, have two beautiful children, Nathaniel and Superfly. If only. <laughs> if only. They uh, So the English are occupying their village, right? And so there's one of the soldiers is uh, trying to um, impose himself on Mullen, who fights back long enough for William Wallace to stumble upon it and beat up the English soldier. But because uh, the English are like, hey, now you can't be going around beating up our soldiers. Time Get to die, bucko. On, go play yeah (laughs) uh it's like gotta hunt this guy down so william manages to escape the village but then mullen isn't so lucky and so as sort of a way to get at him they execute her and wallace is like all right gloves are off starts organizing the scottish people of the countryside uniting with the different chieftains and stuff of the area. And they start rebelling against the British and fighting some battles. And, uh, he's sort of, uh, he's a great fighter, a great leader, and people start to rally to him. Um, and the English are like, okay, the English King is like, all right, I forget which King. Um, one of the Edwards, I believe. Yeah. Ed- Edward Longshanks. Okay. So this takes place in the, um, 1200s, late 1200s. Uh, so yeah, they, um, they're like, all right, well, time for us to send our army up there to crush this guy. He's causing a ruckus. Um, so he and like Robert the Bruce, who is like another, who actually in, the, they sort of take the historical figure, Robert the Bruce's achievements and sort of attribute them to William Wallace for the sake of the movie. And that is kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, he's like sort of the, um, he has a claim to the Scottish throne. And so he joins forces with William to, uh, you know, fight back, the, fight back the English. So it works pretty well, but then the full force of the British army eventually defeats them. Um, so he's kind of forced to go into hiding a little bit. Um, over time, somebody betrays William Wallace to the English for a peace deal. So he is um, imprisoned and eventually executed uh, by the British. And, um, so plot's fairly simple. Uh, yeah, this movie, um, because of you know Mel Gibson and like the way it's like directed and like the 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 battles and the. <sighs> warrior ways of the movie it's it's got this reputation as a manly movie and honestly it kind of um it uh oh the big line when william is being executed it's like freedom even though you know he's Mm -hmm. as he's undergoing being tortured to death um anyway 
it's this movie has a bit of a reputation as a manly film and uh i think there's elements about how you know it was shot in the story and whatnot it appeals a lot to like the like the the, the male fantasy <laughs> yeah, yeah it appeals a lot to the man that's why i read a blog about this it's but no, no. In, in a lot of the ways in a lot of the a lot of good ways um william is uh at least in the movie is portrayed as is sort of an archetypal man if that's how you pronounce that um he's well educated he knows how to fight he's strong you know he wants to settle down and have a good life but then you know the pursuing freedom for his people calls him to take up arms and fight for what's right so you it's know. the 1995 john wick yes <laughs> after a fashion yeah. Except John Wick doesn't recruit an entire army. And they didn't kill his daughter. His, his wife. They killed his wife, which is a little more impactful. Um that's kind of the driving factor too, is taking what he what uh, what he the person he loved away from him is what really drove him to seek the freedom of his people because that was sort of one of the conditions for like her father was like, you know, I don't want you to marry my daughter if you're just going to go fighting and it turns out well the fighting came to him anyway whether or not he wanted it mm-hmm. another kind of yeah the uh a little bit caricatured version of the actual historical events but yeah overall serviceable film um let's see some of the things that didn't happen um uh, William never had an affair with the English princess. That's the thing they added to the movie. Mm. Um, I like the whole deal there is like the king's son, the prince, is sort of this kind of shell of a man. He's not that great. He's sort of like a contrast to William Wallace, who is like virtuous, has a good heart, strong and powerful. And then this guy is kind of effeminate and weak and a bit of a pansy but cruel um so they sort of a and, and so like the princess's wife is like attracted to william because of that contrast or whatever and it's it's this whole thing but uh yeah um another thing too like considering you know william's virtue the way he's portrayed in the movie is sort of as a sort of a christ figure figure like literally the instrument upon he which he is executed is a cross was cross shaped um so and like his death is see at least the movie portrays his death as something that was a rallying cry for the scots who under robert the bruce did achieve their freedom from the english and like their independence at least for a time or for a few hundred years actually um because i believe British unification happened like in the 1500s, which one thing I didn't realize until like I was watching this historical video was that the Union Jack is the combination of the British red and white cross and the Scottish blue and white St. Andrew's cross. Oh. And so they like put it together and I was like, oh, that's what that's supposed to be. Neat. Neat. But yeah. Yeah, I guess, Nathan, uh, you have any 
thoughts, observations about the film Braveheart? You know, I have seen the movie exactly once, and it was a n- number of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, what I remember of the movie was vaguely positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I remember the the cool charge into battle and the yeah. the, the the face paint and mm-hmm. stuff. I remember vaguely what goes on, uh, but like. No specific things to add because it's just yeah. been a, a good solid it's while been since a hot I've minute, seen yeah. it. I think there was one scene where, like, there's like a brief second where you can see one of the crew members are <laughs> SUV parked behind them as <laughs> as they're charging. Oh. I'll have to. I saw that in a video. I have to like next time I watch the movie, I have to like look for it because I mean, little Break movie mistakes immersion. like that are kind of fun to me. But no, I remember that it was just really kind of well put together that William mm. Wallace was just kind of portrayed as this really strong character mm-hmm. who just embodied this more primitive not that primitive but like basic man yeah right? yeah he is like what the and not the basic sacrifice. as in pumpkin spice latte no no, no. like this Jeez. at its core uh like what it what it means to be a man in a way mm-hmm. it's like the 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 fighting for what what's right being virtuous the, being well educated being the strong defending being your a family the defending your country mm-hmm. the also the, being the a faithful sacrifice man. at the end the faithfulness all of that mm-hmm. was really embodied in william wallace it was like oh that's a good archetypal archetypical archetypal archetypal archetypal, archetypal yeah archetype of man yeah i think that's probably the primary draw of the movie mm-hmm. um it's it's simple but it strikes home um yeah dang it's um there's some there's some fun moments in the movie too there's some other supporting characters like there's one of the his friends from the village hamish who's this big strong fella they um at one point you know they're kind of struggling with the movement it's not really going very well and he's just like, um, you know, you're fighting. I, th- I think the line is something along the lines of, uh, you know, William, I think you're fighting as if, you know, Mullen can see you. It's like, it's not something. Okay, I'm butchering this, but like William Wallace was butchered. But um, he, let's see. I don't think she's watching me. I know she's watching me. And so like the, me- you know, the memory of his wife is what really drives him to uh uh his love for her and his knowing that one day you'll see her again is what drives him to fight for the freedom for his countrymen so they don't have to face the same thing because like the whole thing hamish is like are you sure you're not doing this for for selfishness or vainglory or whatever and he's like no like my his motives are true so that's yeah another element of him being like an archetypal man one thing I would I think would be interesting. I don't know if this is something we can do a whole podcast about, but maybe like there's a lot of good Christ figures de- portrayed in films, and I feel like some of the movies we've already talked about kind of fit that bill uh, because you have Braveheart is one. Um, I think Harry the Potter. Matrix, yeah, Harry we Potter, like we Harry talked Potter. about last week. I mean, I. 
I've been considering uh, rewatching the old uh, Superman movies and being like, because Superman is just mm-hmm. DC Jesus. But, yeah. <laughs> Straight, right down to the death and return. Yeah. Only it took 30 issues instead of three days. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's see what uh, other movies would be like. Did I say that? I think I said The Matrix. Or I meant to say The Matrix. That's another one. Or, um, but yeah. Honestly, like, one of, you could say there's a Christ-like feature in any movie that features a man who sacrifices himself for the good of many. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. could say, although uh, Tony Stark is in no way a Christ figure. No. He has a Christ-like moment at the end of Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he's like inherently flawed, but like his redemption is like the big, strong pull of his character. And what is redemption but becoming more Christ-like? Yeah, exactly. So in William's case, he has sort of a hero's journey, but like he's never. I don't. He's never really shown to have like a fatal flaw so much. I mean, he's even like you know. He's not perfect, but he's, like, betrayed by one of his men, I believe, is how, uh, or, like, I forget if it was, like, Robert the Bruce sells him out or something for peace. I forget, even though that's not what happened during history. Um, I think Robert the Bruce, who eventually became the King of Scotland, I think, I believe he didn't start fighting until well after William Wallace had been crushed, but I might be wrong on that. (sighs) Anyway, um... Yeah, he's, like, betrayed by somebody he trusted, and then that leads to his eventual death for the good of his people. So, yeah, very, you know, strong Christological tones there. Um, granted, with some coloring to it, you know, with his uh, life choices and women and such. Um, Primarily blue. The blue? face paint was blue. That's the blue. color they added. Yeah. In more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Scots are colorful in a variety of ways. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, hmm. Huh. I had a thought. Anyway, supposed to go into transcendentals. <laughs> this might be a really short podcast. Uh, I thought I had more. What is our shortest podcast length? Forty yeah. minutes, I think. Like forty minutes. Yeah, so I mean, maybe we'll hit that bar. I forgot to. You said you didn't set the timer. No. Um, at any rate, we uh, so truth. I think we covered a lot of the truth, like the christological undertones of of it, and then how it sort of encapsulates like the um, uh, the ideal man in a lot of ways. Honestly, the christological undertones and becoming the ideal man. It's sort of go the, hand in hand. Oh yeah. Christ is ideal man. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have an archetype of virility of, of, uh, of courage, that, of, of courage, of strength, of strength of, of manhood, a Christ, a Christ like figure is really perfect for that because mm-hmm. that's what that is. That's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that men are drawn to movies like this. Um, I mean, there's other, there's the other Mel Gibson movies, The Patriot. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> I, I remember it's very similar. When I watched uh, Braveheart for the first time, I, it was like 
when my sister Rachel was going through a phase of let's, let's watch all the R-rated movies that mom and dad have on the shelf because <laughs> we're old enough now. Yeah. Of course, all the R-rated movies mom and dad have on the shelf are R-rated movies that are otherwise morally unobjectionable. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we watched like Braveheart and The Patriot within close proximity to one another. They bear a lot of similarities. They do. Because not just Mel Gibson, but because like the sort of ideal man character, the the, the war themes, the revolution, the rev- fighting yeah. for what's right, kind of thing, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, British yeah. fighting the British. <laughs> <laughs> Britain, the number one supplier of Independence Days. In a lot of ways, England, well, any empire kingdom in history, is not perfect. No, England, in a lot of ways, did a lot of great things. And there's a lot of good intellectual tradition that came from that. And a lot of other ways, they're kind of messed up. Um, And so their squabbles and fights for subjugation of Scotland and Ireland are certainly among them. So, um, anyway. Anyway. Um, Goodness. Again, sort of the Christological um, thing. But uh, another thing, too, is that um, you know, Wallace is portrayed as like for the most part a man of virtue, religious man, but then he also has like a supporting cast of his friends and close supporters in the rebellion who um he draws on for strength and you know, they also look up to him and follow his lead. Um Yeah. Let's see, beauty. Film is very well shot. The really battle well scenes shot. are very uh they're really gritty. But they sort of satisfy that testosterone rage every guy has to some degree or another. It's like, yeah, let's just watch people let's just destroy mash each two other. armies together. Yeah. And, you know, might be a bit stereotypical, but the Scots are very warlike. warlike. Yeah, I can't talk. The Scots are very warlike. And so, like, seeing, like, the sort of the bloodlust and just, like, the sheer, like, joyful rage of battle is was is kind of entertaining from just like a sheer visceral standpoint mm-hmm. if a bit gory um but yeah good score it was filmed i believe in ireland my brother's actually or no my brother adam once went to uh ireland with some of his friends and they went to like the uh, national park in ireland where they filmed braveheart and uh, one of the it was a beautiful national park. He's he said and it was he said the grass there is like really springy just because like there's centuries upon centuries worth of like grass and peat in these fields, mm-hmm. so it feels kind of soft to run on. So they just <laughs> the sun was shining through the trees, so they just took off running through this forest in Ireland. He's <laughs> like he said you could have seen like the guys from Braveheart running through the trees with you and wouldn't have blinked. Fun. <laughs> Um, you think they would film it in Scotland, but you know Ireland, Scotland, they're Celtic. They're they're basically the same thing, right? If any Irishmen or Scotsmen are watch or listening, Sorry don't worry. That's not. We you. know that there's a difference. Um, unity. Overall, yeah, the film is kind of centered around you know the hero of William Wallace, but then. Let's see. Would be. It's it. It's sort of like this one is like sort of the classic hero's journey arc to it because he, you know, he comes 
you know, he's got these special skills. He's not really like a, a nobody per se, but he kind of wants to be a nobody. Like he's trying to, you know, he's trying to just, refuse the call to action. Yeah, which he's is trying a to live the normal life. The see, he's journey wheel. Yeah, and he's like trying to see if he can just kind of live his life and put up with the imposition of the English and their kind of tyrannical rule over his people and just try to, you know, be, make a life for himself. Like at the beginning of the movie, he's like rebuilding his family's farm that was destroyed when he, you know, his family died and he went to live with his uncle. Um, he's trying to rebuild that and build a life for himself, but then everything's kind of turned upside down on his head. So he devotes himself wholeheartedly to the fight for freedom. So, and then, you know, sacrifices his life and the the film implies that that sacrifice is what yields freedom for the people of Scotland Mm. on the movement he sort of got rolling so yeah um that's Braveheart good stuff yeah um a lot of good things in the movie but I will say like Well, there's like the historical inaccuracies, but you don't have to watch every historical film as if it's like an exact documentary because then that would be a little boring. Um, I don't know if the movie is like overestimated by some. I think there are certainly some people who like, like, oh yeah, William Wallace is a great man, but like they sort of miss the point of like, yeah, he's not just this cool action hero. Like there's like, you know, he sort of embodies like the virtues required to be like a good man mm-hmm. in a lot of ways so yeah that's about all i had to say about that yeah <laughs> um there's, there's a lot of movies we should just re-watch so that we can do episodes on them and have i'd be them down more fresh in our mind or movies that i just straight up haven't seen yet but we also need to finish the show oh finish uh my hero academia Oh yes, still, we're still in the last season of that. We haven't done upcoming episode for sure is going to be um, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh yeah, that's going to be a show someday. At someday. some point, going to keep that in our. Back There's a lot to pull out of that. So that was like the first and I am that Nathan and I watched with Riley. So honestly, we could just do a couple episodes about it, talk about specific arcs mm-hmm. or whatever. Anyway, in theory, but that. Where can they hear these future episodes when they come out? They can hear this episode, our past episodes, and episodes in the future on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or YouTube Music, or whatever they call it these days. Apple it's Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. That's, that's what it is the now? That's the new name of the thing that it's going to be going forward. Neat. Okay. That makes sense. Um, that thing. that The new thing. And... Uh, yeah, I think that's all the platforms. You can follow us at Palapapis on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us with your questions, comments, concerns, and complaints uh, at papis at gmail.com. There's no the at the beginning. I know I say that every week, but I tried logging into the thing, and it's like, this Gmail account doesn't exist. Okay, fine. papis at gmail.com. So if you want to complain, if a certain one of our two members wants to complain about us not covering Aquaman yet, we'll get to that. That's on the list. <laughs> Um, it may be sort of a cop-out thing where we cover the good DC films that have come out recently. There's a short list, so we can fit them into one episode, I think. But Yeah, we will um, catch you guys in the next episode. Later. Bye.